podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I belong, I belong to you. I belong, I belong to you. Hey guys, welcome to Ace Podcast Nation. I'm Sai, and this is the home of the Andy Campbell Championship Show. And this is episode 119. The show is available live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Ace Podcast Nation, of course, your home to many other great shows and series featuring top guests, expert analysts, and more. So give us a follow on social media, subscribe to the YouTube channel, click that bell for notifications. And, uh, of course, you can get the audio versions of all the shows and series at your favourite radio and podcast platform. Just search Ace Podcast Nation and there's uh, nearly 400 shows up there on all sorts of subjects. And, of course, if you want to keep it football, follow at AC Footy Show on all social media pro- uh, platforms. And uh, that'll be uh, streamline your experience, as it were. But uh, just as we wait for those various platforms to fill up, Uh, A big thank you to Black Diamond Sports, of course, for all their support around the show and the channel. Black Diamond Sports is a global sports agency representing sports stars from around the world. For more information, visit their social media pages and indeed their website, the links to which are all in the description and the closing credits. And uh, a big thank you to today's sponsor, as usual, Bespoke Financial and uh, Darren Ralston of Bespoke Financial still giving away a free will worth £140 with any new policy which is taken out. So please check him out and uh, give him a call. Don't miss out on this amazing offer. They've looked after Andy for many a year, and uh, including the critical illness, the injury cover. They are top of their field, providing award-winning service, looking to branch out from outside the northeast. And uh, we are very proud to uh, spo- uh, to be sponsored and and partner up with such a top class brand. And I urge you to uh, to give them a shout, to check out what they've got for you. But uh, with no further ado, let's uh, get the man himself involved, the co-host with the most. He is the goal collector, the fox in the box, the speed demon, the legend among legends. David Jones's favourite son, ex-Cardiff City and Middlesbrough striker, Mr Andy Campbell. Welcome, my friend. Good evening. How are we? 
I'm all right, mate. My chair feels really low, so I feel like I'm like look like I'm about twelve years old. I feel a bit. I feel a, I feel time. a bit better without uh, without Middlesbrough playing Cardiff tomorrow. It, 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 it takes the pressure off a little bit. Yeah, the, the, I'll tell you the what. Appreh- apprehension's not there. There's not a fence post sticking up your backside. Hey, but when you when you when you when you when you when the draw, that that sitting on the fence works out, doesn't it? Yeah, it's perfect, perfect, mate, perfect. But um, there is so much to talk about in the championship this week. It is ridiculous. So we're uh, we're going to get straight into it. First of all and foremost, wanted to send best wishes to uh, Joe Bennett, Cardiff City fullback, uh, who suffered a serious injury in the week, and his season is indeed over. Uh, he suffered a, a knee injury, uh, a medial ligament injury. His season's done. Yeah. Best wishes to Joe. Obviously, uh, not the way he would have wanted to finish the season. Uh, but it is what it is, unfortunately, mate. It's one of those yeah, and listen, injuries are part of the game. They're part and parcel of a career. Uh, some get better than others. Uh, some get worse. You know what I mean? It's not a nice one. Uh, you could tell it was a bad one straight away, though. But I think Joe's... Um, Joe's doing his recovery on his social media, so check it out because um, it, it, it uh, showed a video of him coming out on crutches from the hospital yesterday on day one. So yeah, I, I, listen, it's, it's a different way, but I think it keeps it keeps fans up in touch with what's going on. I, I think it's a good idea, and I think it'll uh, it'll relate really well for for Joe and help him um, mentally get over um, it probably better than physically. I think maybe. Yeah, I think so. It can be um, can be a positive thing in the recovery, can it? Like social media and and updating people on his uh, on his situation, mate. Um, the other thing I was going to mention, um, which we can get to a bit later, I suppose, is uh, obviously is Joe's contract out up in the summer. Um, but I would think Cardiff would, you know, Cardiff will offer him a new one. I'd be very surprised if uh, if they don't. Um, but they've only got academy players, and I think his form in the last few months has really shown that with the right tactics and formation, he is very, you know, he's a very good championship fullback. Maybe he was struggling a bit with some of the tactics under Harris and the formation. And, you know, we had Bakuna at fullback. So I think there was a lot of pressure on him mm. to, you know, to, to do, you know, be the fullback who was going up and yeah. down. I'll but he also from knew the, that there was no cover on the other side. Yeah, for me, Cream always rises. Good players are always good players. They just have blips in form. And Joe gave a couple of silly goals away. He had a couple of bad games. Um, but with the right managers in place, you look at the, his performances under Neil Warlock were outstanding, consistently outstanding. Yeah. And his performances so far under Mick have been consistently outstanding again. So for me, you can only judge it on what, what's, what, what's happening. And Mick will be so disappointed that he's losing him because to put that pressure on a young player um, now for the rest of the season, it'll, it'll be... Um, yeah, it'll be tough for, the, for 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 a young player to come in regularly, but I think uh, they might they might see how he goes, and uh, a couple of people might play a little bit out of position because, uh, like I say, to to put that pressure on a young player for um, for the running, including the playoffs potentially, is um, is going to be is going to be yeah, tough. Yeah, it's um, it's one of them, mate, really, because uh, Neil Harris is on the Paris on uh, on the panel on the Sky tonight, which will be interesting. They. They haven't got a lot of fullbacks. I really hope they don't revert back to playing um, Bakuna at fullback and they move NG over to the other side. Like for me, give the give the young lad a go. I think it's um, mm. forgetting his name now. Begging to be, but yeah, Begging. Um, give him a go because ultimately, I'd rather see a young player who might make the odd error, but he's playing in the right position. 
mm. and get it's, a bit of experience. And you get to see over a long period, like over a few games now, to a, between now and the end of the season, you can have a good look at him and see if he's good enough. It's the only way. It, it's, it's the only way. It's, it's think, I think I swim time for him. For him, but it's only it's the only way to see if he is good enough. You know what I mean? That um, as I say, I'm, I'm a big advocate of uh, managers giving young players a game. You know what I mean? I got an opportunity as a 16 year old. So for me, if you're good enough. Doesn't matter how old you are, you know. What I mean, if he's, if he's got the ability which he has, because he's played a decent number of games already so far this season, give him the chance and and see how he does. And today's a today's a massive game. Cardiff are in form. Cardiff probably on paper should should win the game because of the way they're playing. Um, but you know, I know we're going to talk about them in uh, in a little bit more detail later on about the couple yeah. of games during the week. But um, I'm fully expecting uh, a positive result tonight, and I'm not expecting to lose. No, well, it'd be very interesting. Leslie just said he thinks Cardiff are going to get uh, going to get battered. Well, that'd be interesting. Not sure about that, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll have a little. Uh, we'll have a little chat. Fraser Campbell's starting, which is uh, a worry because he's uh, he's been in some good form recently. Um, so before we get to the championship, we're going to have two little uh, tell me whys, mate, to get us going, get the conversation started, as it was. Stuck. In this segment, I give Andy sixty seconds to uh, to answer a question or talk about a sub. Just stuck. Just kept coming on and on. It's like going on and on forever and ever. Stop. Um, I give Andy 60 seconds to answer a question or talk about a subject. And uh, it's going to be a couple of interesting ones again this week, mate. So, um, the first question, stroke subject, is... Uh, it's like a double whammy, really. Uh, Newport are going to be using Cardiff City Stadium for a couple of games to ease the pressure on their pitch as they uh, obviously have rugby and football over there and their pitch is looking a bit turgid. But also, Coventry City are getting their stadium back next year. So um, tell me a bit about both of those, please. Um, listen, for me, the only place to play is in your home stadium. You know what I mean? I, I look at the positives and negatives for Newport County. For me, there's no positives for Newport. It'll be great for the away team. Bradford City, I'm sure, are playing it. Um, it'll be at Cardiff City. You know what I mean? They're used to playing in a big stadium. The Newport players aren't used to playing in that kind of stadium. It, their, their stadium is, is tight. It's compact. It's The pitch suits them the way they're playing. Um, Coventry City, I'm so glad they're going back, going back home. Um, listen, St Andrews is Birmingham City's ground. It's not Coventry City's ground. You know what I mean? The old Harfield Road and the, and the new stadium is is where they should have been playing. And it was politics what made them get out of there. But the rugby's been playing there. I'm sure Saracens have been playing there. But for me, it's it's the best place for them to go back. And I'm and for me, I'm not a big fan of um, of, of changing homes for short periods of time. It's not, it doesn't work for me. No, you still got ten seconds left, but I'll let you off ah. that. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, Newport. I can understand the logic behind doing it. Cardiff's not far. Um, is you know at the end of the day they're going to be playing on a uh, pristine pitch for a couple of games. Yeah. I know, but the way the way that I look at it, Sai, is do they do they need do they need a big stadium with no fans? Yeah, I mean the no at the end of the day they the, the just club, need the, a quality pitch, Red. Really, they yeah, can play so on four G pitch somewhere, couldn't well, they? So they could. They could have gone to um, they could have gone to a non-league ground in the area because the pitch should be decent with with no games being played in the last three months. So, you know, I, mean, I just I just think it, it, sometimes it doesn't need to happen because Cardiff City's pitch is going to have more games on than it needs. It, they've got to think of themselves as well. There's pros and cons for everything. You know what I mean? If it's a financial yeah, decision, then fine. But I can't see Cardiff can't getting much out of it. No, I, 
I can't imagine that Newport have paid Cardiff a great deal of money for that. Is it? Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. is what it is. Um, yeah. So the second question is um, the accidental handball rule has been changed, uh, and I would like to know: Does the constant changing of the rules mid-season just add to the confusion and overcomplicate the beautiful game? And your time starts now. <sighs> For me, the handball rule was always simple when it was, um, if your arm was in an unnatural position, um, then it's a penalty. Uh, and I'm all for that because you see defenders now with defending with the, arm, with the hands behind the back, which is unnatural anyway because you never, ever, ever have your hands behind your back. So if the ball hits your arm, it still potentially should still be a penalty. But they've changed it now that if it does hit your arm and it's unintentional, according to the ref, to VAR, the linesman, the fourth official, whoever's making these kind of decisions, um, for me, Good players can get that ball into any area they want. So if they want to, if Messi wants to chip a ball into someone's hands, he's going to be able to do it. And I think that's so unfair because to gain the slightest advantage is um, is what players do. You know what I mean? They're on about diving in games, but this is this is a form of the same thing. You know what I mean? For me, it, it's got to be black and white. You know what I mean? For me, if your arms above your head or in an unnatural position, you know what I mean? It's like elevation. Say, if I'm jumping for a header, I didn't normally do that by the way. But if I jump for a header, mm. I can't jump with my hands by by my side. I've got to jump with my arms next to me. So. So the only way to do that is by is by putting your arms in a natural position. Time's up. Yeah, it's. I just think, I don't think you should be changing the rules halfway through the season, particularly in a season where we've already had some rule changes and adaptions, and when VAR and stuff like that and goal line technology and everything, it's all a bit muddled and, com- and over-complicated at the moment, and I just believe that adding or changing it during the season is only going to make that more confusing for the referees for the players for everyone let's just should have just left it as it was till the end of the season and then you readdress it you take away what you're going to take away you hopefully var and but this do is what you're going to do but it's this this is the thing side for me though you know what i mean it, it, it takes the enjoyment out of the games that i looked at uh, i watched uh, i watched games through the week where where players don't celebrate because they're expecting the goals to be chalked off or play, teams are celebrating the back to the halfway line. Chelsea game last night, Chelsea scored a, a, a goal which was offside by half a millimetre, I think, Werner. And uh, so they're all back ready to take kickoff and then the referee cancels the goal. And it's just, it's, it's embarrassing. I just, you know what I mean? Fans, if fans were there, fans are celebrating um, non goals. And for me, we need to get yeah. past this. You know what I mean? I, see, I don't yeah. agree with that. I, I, Leslie I, says, I didn't see it, so I can't comment. But he said, did you, uh, did you watch the I West Brom game last night? I don't Stone agree. The, the, ball's hit, the ball does hit hand, but it, 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 Reese David Evans says something about unnatural uh, natural position and, 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 and jumping with elevation. And if You've got to jump with elevation. You have to use your arms. Unless they say right. footballers have to jump without, without using their arms, then they've got to change every rule because it's yeah. just laughable. Like, I haven't seen that one. Um, <clears throat> one thing I would say... Is with the unnatural position thing that it is almost like what you think is unnatural, I might not, and you can get a bit. It's subjective. Know, if, it, that can be problematic. It, it, not then, not, can't not it? if not if um, not if manage uh, not if referees decide other other league referees association whatever it is decide what is unnatural position. So unnatural position for me is is if my feet are planted on the floor, if my arms are. Um, up above, then that's an unnatural position. If I'm jumping in the air, it's a natural position because I've got it, unless my arms mm. are above my head, that's an unnatural position. But elevation, you've got to jump up and there's got to be no, no nowhere above your shoulder. Any, with anything above your shoulder is an unnatural position. 
They've just got to, um, the, the rules are a bit grey at the minute. So, and so I'll come back to that comment now in a minute. Um, the other thing as well, mate, so, you know, if you, if say someone's running out to charge the ball down, and they sort of turn, don't they? And they, like, not turn their back fully, but they turn slightly to block the ball. You quite often will put an arm up like that, naturally. That's a natural action, because everyone who would do that action would do the same thing. But if your ball hits you and your arm's up here like that, and you've got your back to the thing, that's got to be a handball, because your arm's up in the air. Yeah. But that's a natural action. Do you know what I mean? And my, my point being, like... It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a that natural you can get confusing for referees. No, but that's and, a, that's a, and, yeah, but that's a natural reaction, but that's not a natural body body shape of a, of a person. Because if you if you're if you're putting your arms up there to protect yourself, it's un, it's unnatural. You're not you're not protecting yourself. It's mm. you know what I mean. It's stopping a. It's it's gaining an advantage. It's it's what. Yeah. You know what I mean. You've got to. We, we, we need clarification on the wording of natural, unnatural, and I, I agree with Gaz. You know, I'm so glad it's not in the championship. Oh yes. Um, so, uh, Riverside, uh, Riverside FC 2019 says clear light and day between defender Agreed. and attacker should be classed as offside. Back to the Agreed. old days. Um, and one thing I'd add to that is with this VAR stuff and, and offsides, how you can give someone offside if their arm is off, if their hand mm. is offside, when mm. if they use their hands to to score a goal, mm. it wouldn't be given because it's handball. So as far as I'm concerned, that shouldn't you should only be judged if they're going to judge it on limbs and you know inches and all this. It has to be on, you know, things which you can legally. But this is go but this is with. but this is what what Riverside just said there. That would that would stop that that decision because then the daylight wouldn't be yeah, the arm, course, for yeah. example. You know what I mean? So for me, it's um, just for me the, the offside's got to be uh, either either head or foot. You know what yeah, I, mean? so I just think we should just, just get rid of our mate. Just get rid of our, just get rid of it, and uh, just keep goal line technology and then bin bar the end. No, of that the doesn't season. that doesn't work all the time, does it? Well, to be honest, only once, mate. Tonight, yeah, it doesn't matter. Failed, that was, hey, hey, and that relegated the team. Yeah, spot on, mate. But I think generally, um, the Hawkeye is proven in various sports, isn't it? Like. Oh, yeah. VAR video video assistant referees. Um, yes, they they've been proven in other sports, but in my opinion, it, this last year has shown that at the moment they cannot be effectively used in football. Hmm. But we'll see if they decide to change it. And do we it also and... need. Uh, I also would like to hear what's going on between referees and um, and the VAR officials or, or, or whoever because yeah, uh, like they're doing watched, rugby. Uh, yeah, well, I watched the um, uh, Sheffield United game against um, when Phil Jagler got sent off, and whoever's told the referee to go and look at the monitor to say he's last man, I don't, I disagree because there was no way in the world he was last man because you had a, had a defender covering, you got somebody going back, you know what I mean? It was for me, it, it's a yellow, definitely yellow. I wouldn't give him a red card. You, we're ruining football. We're, we're causing problems when we don't need. But then, to. isn't that up to the, when the referee goes to look at that monitor? Surely he's got to look at that for himself and say, "Well, no, he's not the." Yeah, but he's been advi- he's been advised to. So why does he? If but he's, he's only he's... been advised to look at it. He hasn't been advised. Yeah, but yeah, no. But if he's, he? if he's if he's been advised to, you know, what I mean, there's, there's more into it, and you don't know what's been said in his ear. Because if he's given a yellow card for the incident, then he's seen it, so he's, he's given a decision for yeah. what he saw. So why does he need to look at it again? Yeah, I guess if they think he's missed something, but then ultimately, I think. If you've got the the fourth official mic'd up, what you can do then is the referee's got to have the final decision. 
ultimately, and I think that's important. So what you need to do is you need to have the VAR people saying, right, we've seen this, we think you need to look at it, and then that's it. You know, point him to the where he need what he uh, well, needs to look you, at. You've, but you've then the referee it. makes that decision. You've just said it though. For me, you've just said it. It's got to be. It's got to be a clear and obvious mistake. And it wasn't a clear and obvious mistake because he's seen the tackle. It was an obvious tackle. He brought him down. You know what I mean? But isn't there something in there about like missing? Like if in in case the referee like doesn't see something because his angle's yeah. like blocked. I, I, I agree. But, whatever, that, but, his so he, but his angle wasn't blocked because he gave me a yellow card. So he he's seen exactly what he needed to see. But he still gave him a red. It, then, but then he changed it to a red. Mm, it's, it's an interesting one. It's just ridiculous. I just don't like it much at all. Yeah. I really hope they get rid of it. Um, okay, let's uh, let's get in to the championships. But um, you know, there's a few people saying about like why can't the refs hear, um, you know, what they're saying, and I think yeah, that, that will be vital, mate. Um, okay. Not many fans of VAR, mate. I've got to say. Yeah. Um, so here's a question: If Cardiff City could get to the playoff final but lose, stay in the championship and avoid VAR but have a fantastic season and run, would you take it over no. promotion? No, no let's, uh, let's, let's risk VAR. <laughs> well, in fairness, the last time Cardiff were in the Premier League, they got screwed over by, a, by the referee and so maybe they, the, the VAR would have spotted that, the Chelsea, that game. Chelsea game where the player was like six yards offside or whatever. Ah, Here's what it is. It's in the past, Andy. Let it go. No, Let never. It go. Never. Um, Rotherham game off COVID. That's that's a get. That's a, that's more times than I can I can remember that. Rotherham. Have they had the most games called off for COVID? Rotherham. Yes. Do you believe that it's because they've got such a small squad, so they if they get a couple of players, they're in a tough spot. Well, they're in form, or, so they're in form. Are they just so in a high risk part of the country? Um, they're in form, and they were playing Coventry tomorrow, so I'd be very surprised that they didn't want to play. So I, I, I'm, I think it must be true because tomorrow's a massive game, and they and they're going in it, in it, into it off a, off a fantastic away victory at Sheffield Wednesday. So I'd be surprised if, um, if it's not true. Next two games have been called off against Brentford and Luton. Rotherham against Coventry, Rotherham, Rotherham against Brentford and Luton Town, both being no. postponed. Um, players and staff affected will be required to self-isolate. So it sounds like some of the staff have got it or been in contact with it. And that's they don't clarify um, if it's just because they've been in contact with someone who has had it or if they've had it, because. Um, according to the figures, there was only two positive cases returned from 5,856 players and club staff who tested between the 22nd and 28th of February. Like that was last week. So, so all of a sudden, like, are you telling me that those both those positive cases were in Rotherham? It's very, it's a weird one, mate, because there's they don't more, give you any. They one. don't give you any clarification. Like it could be maybe that. The squad as a whole has come into contact with someone, so there's like five or six players who have to isolate because they've come into contact with someone who's had it. Yeah. But the, because they don't clarify, and then they release those figures, it's very contradictory. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. It's, uh, it's difficult to kind of work out what's what. But um, right, let's go team by team, and um, as it goes, I believe we start with Rotherham, don't we? No, Wickham. No, Wickham. 
Um, what can be a, t- a tough week against Sai with a uh, with a couple of a couple of defeats. Uh, obviously started with uh, with Norwich City last weekend, uh, and then they played Watford. So couldn't have gone any any any, any harder. They didn't disgrace themselves. They got beat two 0 in both games, but um, the missed chances at, at crucial times. I, I watched the Watford game in the weekend yeah. that extended highlights, and they were two 0 down at the time, but they missed some glorious chances from set pieces, and you can't afford. With fine margins at the minute, you can't afford to um, to miss those kind of chances if you're going to stay in the league. And I don't believe they will stay in the league. I think they've, they've, they've given themselves some credit. The manager's done really well, I think, um, with, the, with the size of the club, without any fans, because I think fans would have made a difference to Wickham Wanderers Football Club this year. Yeah, 100%, mate. I feel for them because they're, they're struggling to score goals. And like you mm. say, they're missing chances at important times. Yeah. But, but uh, I, I also tough, feel sorry for them. Two tough after. games, mate. Yeah, I also feel sorry for the club because, listen... The chances of uh, Wickham getting back in the Championship again is is probably slim because the players who've played well this year will probably leave. Um, they'll probably have to start afresh somewhere. You know what I mean? It'll be it'll be a little bit more difficult to get to get promoted again, and the fans haven't had an opportunity to see their team in the Championship, which is must be heartbreaking. Yes, this is difficult. We've got a couple of um, interesting questions and stuff, which I'll come back to at the end um, to some of those because Riverside said about. Um, ex-players on VAR and stuff like that. So I'll come back to them towards the end of the show. Um, Sheffield Wednesday next up, mate. They're they're having a nightmare. Absolute shocker. I I honestly don't know what's going on. They've got a new manager in place. Um, um, Darren Moore from uh, from Doncaster Rovers, which, which, listen, it's a big job. The Sheffield Wednesday, there's no no club who, who has a divine right to stay in the league, but... Uh, they lost against Luton Town at the weekend. They lost in the local derby against Rotherham. Uh, you know, I mean, for Sheffield Wednesday to lose against Luton Town and Rotherham, there's something drastically wrong, and uh, and, I, and I can't put my finger on it. They're scoring goals, but they're letting a the bucket load in, and and the, every time we have the show side on a Friday, we turn over two more games. We turn over two more games, two more games. They're seven points away from safety. Yes, they've got one game in hand. Um, they should be six points more um, in trouble, in my opinion. Yeah, um, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, it's going to be a huge ask, and uh, if they do get out of it, then Darren Moore deserves uh, deserves huge credit for it. Yeah, and you can't blame Darren Moore if they do end up going down either. You know, he's come in at a difficult time when they're already struggling, um, and let's like you know, let's make no mistake, mate. They should be six points worse off. Yeah, um, but the board's also got to take responsibility for sacking Tony Poulos, and you know what I mean. Or hiring Tony Poulos, either or, you know what I mean? You can't hire and then sack somebody. You've got to give somebody an opportunity. It doesn't matter what the brand of football's like. It doesn't matter, you know what I mean? Tony Poulos brought a couple of players in. He brought in Callum Patterson. He brought in Aidan Flint. Yes, he got injured. He brought in another couple of players. But then to sack him after six games was crazy. In fairness, mate, what I don't get about it is, like, you don't bring Tony Poulos in to... Play attacking free flowing football. Do you? Oh, you know exactly. You're bringing, you know exactly you're bringing him in to just be steady the ship. Uh, to, yeah, just try and stay up, basically. Uh, especially because they had that six points, so they their, the plan was to just stay up at all costs. So to then sack him. What did they sack him because they got the six points back and they thought, all right, well, okay, no, we're right the, now. They sacked him because they weren't happy with the style of football. The style of football, which but is they knew the style of football. Made. Anyone tell me how many games Tony Pulis was in charge for Sheffield Wednesday for? Because he wasn't in charge for long, was he? I think it was six. I'm sure it was six, five or six. That is, like, I find that mind-blowing. i got to be honest. Um, moving on, though, Birmingham City was uh, next up, my friend. Uh, well, are we doing Rotherham? I know we spoke about them a little bit. Um, oh, did I? No, sorry, I missed them out. Yeah, Rotherham. Um, 
mixed week. Um, lost against uh, Reading one 0 at the weekend, but then through the week they had a fantastic result and against Sheffield Wednesday. The final goal in the ninety fifth minute um, from uh, Ladapo was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. He, he got the ball on the halfway line on his own. He, he dribbled. I thought he was going in the corner, waste time to take a draw, and then he. He unleashed a shot from about 25 yards in the, in the, in the bottom corner. Fantastic. And the celebrations was like, was like they won the league. You know what I mean? It just shows how much chance Massive they've got to stay open. Yeah, huge. But then, you can, from Sheffield Wednesday's point of view, it's, it's, it's a massive downer. So. That, could have been, that could have been the one, mate. Which, Catalyst, yeah. Yeah, that could be the one. Um, but yeah, I'm going to talk about Ladipo a bit later on uh, a bit more. Um, next up is Birmingham City, mate. Uh, Birmingham have had a good, they've had a good week. Um, you know, I mean, the, the big QPR followed which, up a good win against QPR. Yeah, and QPR have, um, have, have, have picked up recently, and then away away draw at Huddersfield Town. Obviously, Leslie Coates is their favourite team. Um, so, uh, listen, four points out of a week's uh, a really good turnaround for, for Birmingham City, considering the the results that they've been having recently. That's that's the first time in I think in about three months they've had two positive results in a week. Yeah, I am. Well, you know me, mate. I I quite enjoy watching. Um, Birmingham play, I thought uh, Roberts was outstanding again, yeah. um, and I just he's he's a big player for them. I just wonder, like he's had the odd injury, they got to keep him fit, got to keep him fit because he seems to be coming into his own. He yeah. seems to really really be settled. He's got himself a goal. Um, interesting, Pedersen scored from on Saturday against QPR. Um, Christian Pedersen looks quite the player. And then, yeah, he's, 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 he's listen. Yeah, I think they've, they've, they've got some really um, interesting midfield players, wide players for me, um, with a lot of creativity. Um, I, I just don't know what's going what's going wrong with it. I don't know if it's first season syndrome for the manager and he's getting used to his players, and or there's a fallout with some of the young players that they had last year with Bellingham and 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 and, and et al. But for me, you know, what I mean, they've still got good championship players in in in, in that group. You know, what I mean, some good centre forward, Djukovic, Hogan. Um, so, you know I mean? For Do you me, think they'll, they'll, that maybe there's right. too many, they've got like a large group of players trying to settle in because they've got quite a few players new to the club or broke coming yeah. in from the youth team. Maybe there's too mm. many players who are trying to find their feet at the football club or in yeah, football maybe. generally. Yeah, maybe. Because maybe maybe, maybe that's the case. Maybe it's um, uh, he doesn't have a, have a settled team. How many times, you know what I mean, being a Birmingham fan, got any Birmingham fans in, tell us, has he kept the same team week in, week out? Because when I know what United or Middlesbrough, he didn't change the team at all. Um, so he he kept the same team week in, week out. So, you know what I mean, that, and he got positive results week in, week out. So it's it's so difficult yeah, to keep changing the team. Turn, yeah, it is. It is. Um, like Birmingham, on one, one day they look very good and then the next day they can... Look a bit yeah. inconsistent. Ten games, uh, recent, didn't I? I didn't, I didn't know you got that. Yeah, many. recent Gavin both said ten games, one win, four draws. You know, it's not the best record, but like it's not the you're worst, bringing him in, you're bringing him in, you're bringing him in for a reason. Um, and I do wonder whether they got the six points back and thought, oh, that was going to be the difference between us. You know, being in any real trouble, yeah. maybe a bit arrogantly or a bit cockily, and then you know, it's the way it's panning out. Looks like a silly decision, doesn't it? Um, Next up is Coventry, mate. Um, they got a decent draw against Blackburn Rovers away from home on Saturday. I watched them against Middlesbrough um, through the week, and and to be fair, Middlesbrough were very lucky to get the get the, get the second goal. Um, George Savile just walked it in. Basically, it was it was a mistake uh, by the defender and the goalkeeper of a mix-up, and 
I felt sorry for them really because I, they didn't do anything to lose the game, but they, they, they lacked a bit of quality in the second half, along with Middlesbrough. By the way, there was a, there was a it was a nothing second half. We just passed everybody by, but they need to make sure that they don't end up losing games. You know what I mean? Because a point there would have been a big point. It would have been two draws in two, two draws in the week, uh, which does look a little bit better. Whereas now with two undefeats, you've, you've then put pressure on yourself this week to go and play Derby, then go and play Rotherham um, next weekend. You know what I mean? So the next and then Luton Town, then then Wickham. So the next four or five games for Coventry are going to keep them in the league if they get enough points. Yeah, they've been pretty uh, pretty steady all season, haven't they? They've been quite consistent. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting how they fare in those games. Next up is Huddersfield. Uh, they had a shock in Saturday, followed yeah. by uh, a point at uh, Birmingham. Yeah, they had a shocking Saturday. Um, uh, uh, not 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 much better midweek, uh, and then they're going to have a dreadful Friday. So it's not be a, it won't be a very good week for um, for Leslie Courts' team. That um, the Preston beat them heavily three um, nil. Birmingham City, I don't think it's a good result. Si. if you've got aspirations to, to to be away from the bottom five six, um, you've got to be beating Birmingham City in around you. Yes, Birmingham picked up a little bit, but I can't imagine. Uh, I didn't see the game, but I can't imagine it'll have been a game for the purists. Um, with both teams not wanting to lose the game, and I'd say boring nil nil at half time. Fraser Campbell scores, and then they then they go and shoot themselves in the foot straight away, and, and Robert scores gets equaliser uh, for Birmingham. So yeah, disappointing probably for Huddersfield not to keep the lead for longer and um, and, and kick on a little bit. Indeed, uh, just quickly, interesting uh, team news for Cardiff City. Uh, they got uh, Joe Bagan playing at left, uh, Joel Bagan playing at left back. And uh, Tom Sang starts at right wing back. Um, uh, Perry Perry Ng is not included on the bench, um, so I would assume he's carrying some sort of knock. Harry Real Harry Wilson at number ten behind uh, Murphy and Moore with Rawls and Vokes in the middle. But uh, two very young full fullbacks for Cardiff there, mate. Yeah, extremely. But, um, Go on, we'll get to we'll get to Cardiff in a second anyway, mate. Let's let's uh, let's let's push on. Um, Huddersfield, I feel like they need to be careful, um, just with their some of their recent performances. They just need to make sure they just don't get sucked right in again like they did last year. Yeah, um, they can't. Yeah, they can't afford to. I, I, listen, they've had an amazing season considering considering the last season, so they're, they're in a good position. If they can finish the season like they did last last year, they'll be they'll be safe. Yeah, uh, Derby uh, was next. They drew with uh, their arch rivals Forest on the Friday, and then they got thumped by the mighty Bluebirds four 0 on Tuesday. And I, um, I texted you, didn't I, about Wayne Rooney's post-match interview uh, after the Cardiff game? Uh, he wasn't happy, but he made some really weird comments. Like he said, it was with the Derby's own, you know, their TV station or whatever, their YouTube channel, and he said. Um, that basically he wanted to give some players a rest and he felt like this was the game to do it and he made, I think, six changes or five changes. And to me, I said to you, like to make that amount of changes against Cardiff or Barnsley at this point in time is a mistake for any mm. team because they're the two form teams in the league and obviously Norwich are now starting to get that bit of form. It was a bizarre decision for me. Um, I don't know what you think. Uh, I see on the other on the other side that does does Wayne probably just write the game off thinking that Cardiff are going to beat us anyway, so I'll rest the players and we, we focus on the next game and the games that we're going to win with games coming up like um, Coventry City the weekend, then Barnsley, then Millwall. You know what I mean? So they've got some winnable games. So maybe he's focusing on the winnable games to keep them up. 
Because for me, players, players can't players can't play every game. Say so he's not, he hasn't got a big squad. Not. You know what I mean? So he's got to he's got to pick the games which he thinks will keep Derby in the league, and then he focuses on next season. You know what I mean? That I watched him against Nottingham Forest second half last Friday, um, and they were very lucky to get the draw. Yes, they scored an amazing amazing goal, but they were very lucky to get the draw. Yeah, what do you think of Derby at the moment? I mean. Look where they looked like they they really picked up when Rooney first got the job full time. Yeah, and they just uh, having a tricky couple of weeks. Couple just, of tricky yeah, games. Yeah, they just well they're just getting the job done. I think uh, Wayne started um, a little bit of a fairy tale that he he was getting the results. He was keeping clean sheets. He was scoring goals. He was smiling. He was happy. Um, the championship's not like that, unfortunately. You look at there's not many championship managers who are smiling and happy all the time. It's a roller coaster. Win one week, lose the next. You know what I mean? It's consistency. Um, with the teams, with the players, with the formations, with the selections, and um, and to make that kind of that many changes and still expect to get a result isn't going to happen. So for me, I look at it, I think he, he he wrote it off. You know what I mean? And for me, changing players, six players, I'm not going to win anyway. I've got focus on the on the games that I can win, and we'll we'll, we'll go and try and win those ones. To me, um, which I is dangerous, by the way. I I don't see I the reason there's a couple of reasons I don't see that one the league being that what it is. Like anyone could be anyone. It's just the way the league is. It's bizarre, but also like Rooney's being the competitor and the, you know, the high standards that he expects of himself of players. I can't imagine him writing off a game. Even and Obasai, if you've got six of your best players who can't play because they're they're physically not ready to to play another game, you've got to replace them with six other players. And Wayne isn't stupid. You've just said there he's experienced. He knows those six other players are coming to that team and not as good as the six players he's took out. Because if they were, they wouldn't they'd be they'd be in the team. So he knows he's putting a weak inside out. And what what happens with a weak inside is they take a beating because they've they've A they're not good enough or they're not as good as the other players. And B, they haven't had enough match practice, game practice, minutes in the legs, which is gonna have an effect and it did the longer the game went. You know what I mean? Cardiff scored two late goals. They scored two late goals because there was no nothing there was nothing in the in the in the Derby team, which 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 worried Cardiff City. Yeah, um, there was something else he, he said in his uh, his post match interview, which uh, irked me a little bit. Which I'll uh, I'm going to discuss a bit later on. Um, but uh, next up is QPR, mate. Uh, we mentioned they had found a bit of consistency. They've now found consistency the other way. Yeah, they have. Yeah, but I think the month, what they had last month, I think is uh, is, is is put them in good stead. Uh, they lost against Birmingham, which um, I think they'll be disappointed with with the run they were being on. And then in midweek they lost against uh, Barnsley, which is no disgrace because Barnsley have got themselves in a in a fantastic position, which we'll talk about very soon. Um, but yeah, they've, they've, terrible week. But I'm sure they'll get back on. But they're, they're so inconsistent; it's it's absolutely scary. It is, yeah. And they they really looked like they turned the corner, but. It's not to be, my friend. Not to be. Uh, next up is the mighty Nottingham Forest. Uh, yeah, well, as I said, I watched Friday night's game against Derby. I thought they were thought they were excellent for long periods of the game, and, and it was only a Colin Kazim Richards worldie which uh, which denied them the win. Uh, and then they got the home game against Luton Town. For me, fully expecting them to win, and, and then they're going to they're going crumble again. So Nottingham Forest must be so frustrating for Chris Hutton, the fans, for everybody else, and uh, and. And yeah, I think that the quicker they see the rest, the end, this end of the season off, and can and can plan for next season, the better. Because this season, along with the last game of last season, has been an absolute write-off for Nottingham Forest. Yeah, it, um, 
I filmed uh, the first episode of my story uh, a couple of days ago with uh, author and Forest fan uh, Gary Boatsy Clark, who obviously uh, watches the show. Um, he's you know a big Forest fan, and it was interesting picking his brains about why he thought, as a fan, why they've sort of psychologically crumbled since that last day of the season, and very interesting. And he actually said that he didn't think it was necessarily the the last day of the season. It was a couple of games before that they conceded a last-minute goal to Derby, um, which he said just broke broke the players, and they haven't been the same since. Which is quite fascinating. Obviously, it's a big rivalry, but they I didn't realise they needed a point from the last three games of the last season, mm. and didn't pick it up just to get to the playoffs. So, mm. yes, they, they, uh, they could have, they could have still been beaten three 0 and still and still stayed up, but they kept yeah. going for goals. I mean, we. Did. We did the we did the we did. I, I still have voted today because that watch along. It was ridiculous Beautiful. because you know what I mean. We were working it out that you know what I mean. Even even at six at five one, they still would have been safe. But then they're still going. They're still trying to go and get goals. It's just stupidity, madness. No wonder he hasn't got a job yeah. anymore. No, that's it, mate. Uh, next up, Blackburn Rovers, the team I tipped to go for the playoffs this year. Yeah, well, just not what I thought they were going to be. Last last Friday, si, I, I said that Tony could be the next manager to go. I think he's really struggling unless he gets a result this weekend. I think it could be uh, it could be the end of him because they play they play Swansea midweek, they play Millwall tomorrow, then they play Brentford, then they play Bristol City, then they play Norwich. So for me, they've got a really ridiculous month ahead. Um, obviously, two games, one point, a home against Coventry, which isn't a great result, and then they're going to lose to Reading away, which is no disgrace. But um, Blackburn have got the players to win games. They've got experienced Premier League footballers. They've got loads of quality throughout the football club on the coaching staff. Um, and the owners and the club will be expecting more. The fans will be demanding more, and and, and this has been a disastrous season. Swag on the time there says uh, Norwich and Sunderland double tomorrow, lads. Top up the Cheltenham pot. I don't know. I don't know who Sunderland are playing, but I, I fancy Norwich every time they go on that, go on that grass. Oh yes. Um, so next up is uh, Preston North End. Bit of inconsistency from them again. Really impressive three 0 victory versus Huddersfield, followed up by a two one two one loss to Millwall. Although Millwall have been good lately. Yeah, the Huddersfield game. Uh, I thought they were. I thought they were excellent. Scott Sinclair back to his best. Um, Chad Evans got got himself in the score sheet. Um, they've got just quality throughout going forward. Side si. just do impress me every time I see them going forward. But then the same old problems come back to haunt them in midweek. They go one 0 ahead through Chad Evans again. Um, but then they lose a goal straight just before half time, which 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 puts a press run, and then letting the late goals in. You know what I mean? If they'd have got that points, another point on the board towards towards the playoffs, and 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 it leaves one beaten this week, where instead they they go and lose that go and lose that late, late goal with four minutes to go, and it just it, it's yeah, it just looks like a really bad week. That would have been four unbeaten instead. Of, um, they're coming coming back at the weekend and they play Bournemouth tomorrow, which is obviously going to be a difficult one anyway. Yeah. Yes, indeed. It's. Um... They just they concede, don't they? When the they always seem to concede at bad times as well. Like uh, I noticed, a lot of their goals will come not long after they've scored. So they concede like a lot of goals straight after they've scored. Um, and even in the Millwall game, they scored after twelve minutes, and then uh, Malone scored for Millwall just before yeah. half time. And it's it's, it's, it's timing the goal sign. You can't you, yeah. you can't so give a goal away just before half time and at full time. It's just you know what I mean. Is it concentration levels? Is it fitness levels? Is it tactics? Is it belief? What, what is it? You know what I mean? Because it, you start to question lots of things. Oh yes. Um, okay. 
Then we've got who's next, mate? Who's next? Uh, Luton Town. Luton Town. Fantastic now, week. Now Absolutely then, now fantastic then. week. So, um, Sheffield Wednesday, they were two 0 down after after half time. Uh, the manager brings on three new play, three three substitutes at half time, and um, and they turn it around uh, and they win three two with an eighty six minute winner uh, from Adebayo. Absolutely fantastic. And turn around, you know what I mean, in the second half. But Luton have had a great season, Si, you know what I mean? And, and the Luton players probably take the foot off the, off, the, off the gas after an amazing weekend. Go to Nottingham Forest, play with no pressure. Go and turn up there and get another three points with a, uh, with a, with a Tunnicliffe winner, with, well, just on the hour, I think. So, absolutely brilliant weekend. And uh, they'll be looking up rather than down because they're on 44, yeah, so. 40, 44 points and what, rather than we're on what, 32. So, um, a good 12-point gap at the minute. Um, I think that yeah, the Luton have, Luton have had a fantastic season. Yeah, been really impressive. Um, Ryan Tunnicliffe picked up two vital goals. He uh, yeah. put him in the thumbnail this week. Thought yeah, it was amazing. absolutely outstanding for uh, Luton in both games. Those two goals, you just don't know how vital they could be. To, oh, huge sign! Two huge. wins back to back. It's uh, it's an interesting one. Next up, mate, was uh, Bristol City. Um, obviously, they played, uh, played Swansea on Saturday. Uh, they were getting beat 1-0, turned it around, beaten 3-1. Nigel Pearson's first game in charge, really. Uh, and then they played uh, played Bournemouth uh, at the weekend. Uh, sorry, midweek. 1-0 uh, up. The, the equaliser, um, I will be talking about him later on, was a, was a shocker. Uh, and then the, the winning goal for Bournemouth was in the 96th minute or something, which was just heartbreaking because uh, another point, or even three, which he probably should have been, um, going pushing them towards the playoffs would have been a would have been a uh, would have been a fantastic achievement for a for a new manager. But they'll they'll restock. They'll go again. They're in good hands. Big Nigel Pearson. Uh, I played he was my captain in Middlesbrough. He'll uh, he'll get them going. A long term venture. Uh, but I think Bristol City will need to start achieving something over the next season or two. Yeah, ultimately I've been very disappointed with Bristol this year. But I think Nigel Pearson will steady the ship now and uh, get them. Get them ready for it, mate, as it were. Um, next up was uh, Stoke City, is it, or Millwall? Yeah, no, Stoke City. Stoke. Yeah, Stoke. Um, not a great, not a great week, uh, but against two of the uh, top three in the league, uh, they lost to Brentford two one, lost to Swansea two one. Uh, it's, it's 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 games. Stoke City at uh, Brentford one 0 up after one minute, um, and then you know what I mean. Up to the hour mark, and then all of a sudden the two one down. Ivan Tony scores against Swansea City, one uh, 0 ahead again, two one. 95th minute penalty you know what I mean that it's it's when you're ahead you've got to see games out sometimes it doesn't matter if you score in the first minute or the last minute you know what I mean are they scoring too early you know and people people said to me score too early I was a stupid thing to say you know what I mean you're ahead it doesn't matter if you score in the first minute or the last minute you know what I mean you've got to defend you know what I mean you can't think that because you've scored in the first minute that the game's going to be easy you've got to start again like it's nil nil go again go and get the second goal because the second goal is what kills teams often um, for me I think uh, Stoke sometimes from an outsider looking in they look like um, that the one to look, the game's going to win. It's too easy, but teams always they, come back at them. All, I always think they look like they expect to just turn up and win, um, yeah, particularly if they do get that early goal. And That's yeah, three defeats. Three, de three defeats on the belt. Yeah, three defeats on the belt for them. And the thing is, the way the season is being, you know, the way they're doing it at the moment, where you're playing two games constantly, every week, two games, two games, what that does is if you do get a couple of loss, losses, you are in a bit of trouble because you, it's very quick to to pick up those, you know, like bad uh, bad runs or a couple yeah. of bad results. It can have a big impact quicker than maybe normally you've got like a week or so to, you know, just get yourself together and try and 
you know, work it out, get regalvanize the troops as it were. You yeah, haven't got that at the moment, and um, I think it makes it a lot more difficult, particularly if you're in a bad, having a bit of a bad run. Um, next up is Millwall, mate. Yeah, mixed week. Uh, lost to Barnsley, which obviously is no disgrace because Barnsley picked up uh, on, a, on, a, on a great run of form. And then they're going to beat Preston at home, which is a very good result. So, um, Millwall, uh, they're trying to push for the playoffs. They're doing everything they can with Gary Rowett. Uh, they've, had a, they've had a great couple of months uh, with, the, with the amount of unbeaten um, games they've had. It was always going to, going to come to an end. Uh, but can they get back and, and, uh, and continue the form? Because they play Blackburn tomorrow, which will be... Be a difficult game on paper, but Blackburn will do the travel well. Not, not, not so far. They've lost so many games, so Millwall uh, will be looking forward for uh, a win tomorrow on three points. Yeah, Millwall's a funny one. Like if you take out that bad run they uh, had, they'd be right up there because their form either side of that bad run has been very good. They just haven't quite been able to. You know, they had they had that tricky spell, didn't they, where they just yeah. couldn't. Couldn't score a goal. Yeah. And they've drawn, they've drawn too Wallace many times. Uh, yeah, drawn, drawn too many games, but but still undefeated. So it, it, that's where they're they're pushing towards the players because they're undefeated. So if they could turn those draws into wins, they'd be uh, they'd be in the playoffs. Yes, indeed. Speaking of teams looking to up to the playoffs, my friends, uh, your hometown, Middlesbrough, uh, an interesting week. Yeah, they played uh, they played Cardiff at the weekend. Um, I'll be honest. I thought they were the better side. I thought in midfield they yeah, absolutely dominated the game. I thought they were. I thought they were very good. They were losing for long periods of the game and, and equalised with five minutes to go from Johnny Housen. Um, if any team was going to um, upset Cardiff City, uh, the way that they want to play um, and dominate games, it was going to be Neil Warnock in, in Cardiff City, and he, and he did. He 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 flooded areas which uh, which Cardiff are strong, and Cardiff didn't have the answers for them. And and Cardiff have come out of that game. Um, knowing they've been, in, knowing they've been in the game, and and people say about the, about the winning run not not carrying on for Cardiff, but for me, I look at the positives. It's a point gained. Yes, Middlesbrough scored late, but Middlesbrough were the better sides for probably an hour in that game, if not longer. So uh, overall, uh, Middlesbrough was disappointed that we didn't get the the goals. They don't they don't don't create enough for me, Middlesbrough. You know what I mean? It's that in between the midfield and the and the front. You know what I mean? Up, up front, they don't score enough goals. People say that blame centre forwards, but. Did they get enough chances to score goals? If if Brits on Belonga and and Akpom and loads and all and, and Fletcher and and all these guys, are they missing enough chances? No, they're not missing enough chances. Yes, the pe- people can say they're not good enough, but they're not missing chances because they're not getting enough. One chance a game isn't enough. You know, look, at Andy Cole at United. Andy Cole used to miss seven, eight, nine, ten chances. They used to get two or three, and his goals gone records phenomenal. But he missed more chances than he scored. Oh God, he missed so many chances, mate, didn't he? Yeah, Andy but, Cole. Like- so but many. he was still, but he was still, he was still, he was still top still class. one of the record, record, record goal yeah. scorers, isn't he? Because he was, they created so many chances. Yeah. Um, Leslie asks if, uh, ask Andy if he's related to his namesake Campbell, who plays, who will score for Huddersfield tonight. Fraser. Uh, no, he's, it must be a brother from another mother, but no, he's not. Um, no, he's a good lad though. He's a, he's a. Very talented, very talented player. Yeah, very talented player. Good lad, very humble, um, and and I, I've I, I've loved his following his career from 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 all the way through to to now. And I hope he does well. And listen, part of me hopes he does score as long as Cardiff City win three four one. I don't mind. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm a massive fan of Fraser Campbell. I think he's a vastly underrated footballer. And what I like is he really works hard for whatever team he's playing for. He does sometimes need a run of games to get going. 
Um, but once he does get going, he you know he'll he'll bag you some goals, particularly in Championship level. Um, time for the two form teams, mate. Starting with uh, with Barnsley. Uh, have we not missed, have we not missed Cardiff out there? No, Cardiff are above them. No, my not, table. Not. Ah, oh, it's because right, okay. it's a live table, so we'll, we'll go with that. Which one? Who are we on? We'll, we'll go with Barnsley, mate, because Cardiff are Barnsley. above them. Um, I don't think they are. You know, your table must be wrong somehow. It's because it's a live one ready for the game to start. Oh, it's because the game started. Oh, right, okay. So sorry. it gives Cardiff a point. Oh, right, okay, sorry. Um, so Barnsley, yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm starting to run out of, um, of, of, of good things to say. It's... Um, uh, they've, they've won so many games on the belt, it's absolutely scary. But they, they play Millwall up there, beat them comfortably. QPR being unbeaten for five, six games, beat them even better away from home. You know what I mean? Scoring goals, creating chances. We said last year, sir, I've never seen a team in the Championship create enough, create chances like I've just spoken about Middlesbrough struggling. Barnsley have created more chances chance, this season chance, and last chance season. After chance. You know what I mean? The problem is that they haven't put them away. Now they've started to put them away, they've given themselves an opportunity. And listen, Barnsley escaped last year in the in the last minute of normal time on the 46th game of the season. This year, with 12 games to go, 13 games to go, they are sitting in seventh place on 54 points. It's absolutely ridiculous. Fantastic. It's like a fairy tale. Yeah. Well, I I, I put um, Carlton. I mentioned Carlton Morris last week um, for them. He was a uh, sub in the QPR game, but really. Um, just, uh, just wish they just create so many chances, man. They're so exciting going forward, and what they seem to have managed to do this season now, or certainly since Christmas, is they've shored it up at the back. And we've kind of said that all along: is if they can return to their League One defensive record, they will be a dangerous team because they create so many chances. Yeah. But last year they just conceded too many goals. They do seem to have got that together, and they're. Uh, they're a dangerous team, mate. I really yeah, I agree. That no one would want to play them at the moment. We've um, always said that, isn't it? We've always said there's a team who comes from nowhere. Yeah, they could be them if they can keep their defensive record going. Just simply because anyone in the championship who creates that many chances has got a good chance of, of you know, of, of doing well as long as they can keep it tied to the back. Yeah. And like, how many teams in this? As we're working up the table, how many teams down which we've already covered have we said? You know, pretty good. They got some good strikers or good wingers or yeah, good midfielders, but they can't defend for Toffee. They let too many goals in, <laughs> yeah. concede at the wrong times, stuff like that. Um, so we said last year, side, didn't we? We said uh, the amount of clean sheets they kept in League One, but they didn't score enough goals. And then, then they scored loads of goals last year, but they let in more goals, and that's why they were. They just didn't, didn't have the balance, and now they've got a balance. They've got a manager who they believe in. The players are responding to him fantastically well, and and um, and yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed for the fans because Oakwell's a. A great stadium when it's full. You know what I mean. It bounces that stadium when it's full, and yeah. uh, and 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 it'd be if they can get anywhere near the playoffs and uh, and fans can come back, it'd be great for for that football club. It's a nice place to play. Indeed, mate. Uh, next up is Cardiff City, uh, Middlesbrough. As we mentioned, we thought you know Middlesbrough should have won that. They were the better team, uh, and then they they gave Derby a bit of a thumping. Um, yeah. And by the well, way, they scored four very good goals. Yeah. Well, the Middlesbrough game. Listen, it was. Um, it, it was a point gained for me, you know what I mean? Obviously, Sean Morrison got the goal. It's so important how, uh, how, how the defenders are chipping in with the goals, not not, not putting too much pressure on Kiefer and, uh, and, and, and Wilson and, and some of the other players and, and, and the goals are getting shared around. That's the important thing for me. Um, the Middlesbrough game, I thought that uh, they came out of a little bit 
unscathed where the, do you know what I mean for me the, the result flattered them a little bit but you take the positive that we're going back to South Wales with a point at Middlesbrough was a, was a good result you go into the, the derby game I thought Bakuna was in his in his rightful position gets two calls out of this world uh, what, for me start to say it all starts with the centre forward you know what I mean and I look, I look at Kiefer Moore and um, his work rate his desire his attitude his his, his, superb. but his, 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 his willingness to run into the channels and into the corners and, and, and do things that nobody else wants to do is just is selfless and um, I, I can't I can't praise him enough and it must just give the rest of the players so much belief that yeah and if he's doing it I'm doing it. I'm going to follow it because if he's doing it, I need to back him up. I need to follow it. And if he's doing it and I'm doing it, he's going to do it. And if he's doing it, the next person's doing yeah. it. It's a knock-on effect. And Cardiff are getting the getting the rewards. And um, uh, and and let's just let's see let's let's see where they can end side because um, it's 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 going to be a long season. There's a lot of a lot of football to go. Obviously, they play tonight. Then they play Watford and Stoke and Swansea. So the next three games are going to be difficult after tonight. Uh, but it's about just getting the job done, getting more points on the board. If that's a point tonight, three, move on to the next, move on to the next, move yeah. on to the next. Because every time we have this show, we, we cancel two games. So two games, yeah. two games, two games. And by the time we Flying, know it, mate. we're going to Flying. have six games left. And the league's going to have probably set out a little bit that you need four more points to, to stay in there. Or you need three points to get in there. And it's, you know what I mean? I'd rather be in there um, set in stone so you can look forward to the playoffs than, than get in there last minute and putting a lot of pressure on yourself. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I think um, one thing which I found really pleasing against Derby was um, when you had Bakuna running beyond the, the striker for his first goal. What pleased me about that was, one, that doesn't happen without Kiefer Moore's off-the-ball off the runs and movement because there's no space. And second of all is you look at Bakuna to score two fantastic goals goals running beyond the strikers and then you think well, he's wasted the last eight months or whatever it is playing a fullback how much could he have contributed to the team playing in centre field how much could he have contributed to the manager and, and the manager yeah. you know what I mean the manager's put him, put him in that position because he didn't have any other options or he didn't see his own he had, he had no other options maybe he didn't have any other options si, because he, he wanted to play him because he knew he was a good player so he still played him he didn't have uh, he didn't have NG to go to, to play, which you know what I mean. It's things happen for a reason. Well, hang on, and, uh, NG's NG's not playing tonight, mate. No, I know. Yeah, I know. I know, but this you you, you look at the pecking order, don't you? You know what I mean. But he was yeah. playing when Bakuna scored two goals overnight, so it's yeah, of course. Uh, Gavin Randall says yeah, Keith Moore can hold the ball up, and we have missed that for years, which is a very very good point. We have. Um, since, uh, Mick McCarthy, uh, mate, got a, a two-year contract. Two-year oh, two contract for Mick McCarthy. Yeah, listen, a bit um, shambolic, innit? Yeah, it should. It should. Listen, six-month contract when he when he took over was 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 wrong. You know, he's wrong on, on so many levels. Wrong by the club for me. Wrong for the manager to accept it because he's better than that, and he's proven he's better than that. For me, it's probably cost Cardiff City a lot more money, giving him this two-year deal because he'll have demanded more money, and Cardiff won't want to lose him. Yeah, it, it doesn't. Do you um, think they panicked because of? The Celtic, not just the Celtic rumours, but also that you know there's going to be other managers in the Championship which go, and they were worried that someone else was going to snap him up on big money because of the rec because of the start he's made at Cardiff. Or do you think that you know they always planned that if he had a good start to give it to them? Because to me, it makes no sense. Like if you've given him six months or to the end of the season, 
and then you're going to re-evaluate where you are, whether you get promoted, playoffs, or you, you know, whatever it may be. It doesn't make sense to then because he gets most managers have a very good start to their, you know, they, they you have a bump to you of wins, yeah. so it doesn't make too much sense to me to give him a two-year contract now. Why wouldn't you have just given it to him in the first place? I don't. I don't believe this was in place because it would have been, for me, they would have, it would have been undisclosed and they would have kept their six months quiet. They've given him it, um, and now they've they've panicked a little bit because they know in the summer he'd, he'd have gone somewhere else. So you know what I mean? It's just, it, it, I, my, my, my saying, cream always rises. He's he's a good manager. He's proven, and uh, and and all you can do is just is just carry on doing what he's doing. I'm going to do it. Going to do this question now, mate, just because it falls in my card. If Craig Sullivan says, would you play Bakuna instead of Harry Wilson? What, tonight? Or, or just in um, general? Just, gen- just generally. Um, maybe he's in different games. I probably would, yeah. I, I think I think if I wanted uh, like a away game tonight and, and, and we're going to be backs against the wall a little bit, I'd probably want Bakuna to go and right and about, but I know he'll get the other side. Will Harry give me that protection, no, but he'll give me more quality going forward. So when I'm playing Derby County at home, we're gonna gonna have more of the ball. He can go and do what he wants. He can be a he can be a luxury. But sometimes in certain games, you need that defensive um, expertise, and Bakuna gives you both. Indeed, um, Reese David Evans made a couple of interesting comments. He says, uh, "I said it so many times. Uh, Nelson should have played right back." Uh, why did we sign Benkovic? If you don't think he's good enough for centre half, then what was the point? I mean, and, and that is the point. Like that Benkovic signing on loan was a waste of time. Uh, Reese also says he believes that um, they've given Mick McCarthy a two-year deal because uh, Member Dalman and the board uh, can basically say, you know, we know what we're doing. Um, maybe sometime soon we'll be able to ask him. I think we might. Maybe. Maybe. Um, so we'll uh, come back to some questions at the end. But um, next up is Bournemouth, mate. Oh, fantastic week um, in real two real tricky games. Uh, they beat uh, they beat Watford on the weekend one nil uh, in a um, a very uh, a very angry um, end to the game. Jack Wilshere got sent off. Pedro got sent off. The scenes at the end were um, disgraceful. I'll be honest. It was it was very. Um, Worrying to see when there's no fans there for players to still get so angry uh, over a, over the way that things were ending. It was all over um, um, the uh, Bournemouth midfielder uh, Lemma um, diving apparently, and, uh, and and Pedro getting his second yellow card, and, and it was absolute chaos. Uh, but no, fantastic win there, and uh, I think they got lucky midweek for me with the with the goalkeeper mistake and then the last minute winner. So, um, but Jonathan Woodgate will be pleased that he's he's got his side back in the playoffs. Um, yes, by a, a couple of points, but yeah, they need to kick on again now because they're a, a huge football club. But there's, there's teams chasing them who are desperate for that last that last spot. Is losing uh, Jack Wilshere to a ban going to be a problem for them? Because I think he's been quite influ- influential in the way they play. Um, listen, you, you always want your best players. Uh, you always want to play your best players. But obviously, he got sent off um, with his with his yellow card, so he missed the, the game against Bristol City. He's, he's served his ban now, so he's back for the week. He's back. Oh, for the right, okay. So. It wasn't a straight red, was it? No, it was two it was yellows. So he got his second yellow. So just looking now, he, he got sent off in the 99th minute. Did he get sent he, off after he got, the game? He got he got his yellow card. Yellow card after the final, wasn't he? That's ridiculous in itself. Um, 
so what they were so unhappy about, because I haven't seen that game, um, was something to do with a dive. But yeah. was there a dive? Um, it went over very easy. It wasn't a dive for a, for a penalty or anything. It was just a dive in, 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 into waste time. And, uh, but it was in front of the dugout. People got involved, pushing and shoving. And then all, by the time you know it, every single player's involved. There's coaches and managers doing it. Jack Wiltshire got um, someone in a headlock. So that's what he got his second yellow card for. But Pedro's already been sent off because Pedro's a, a very good player as well. So he obviously missed a... He'll get a band as well. So it's, it's you know, I mean, you can't afford to, to do these silly decisions and get yourself sent okay. off at the crucial times. It's like you just said, say it there, Sai. Happened after the final whistle. Laugh, laugh about it yeah. in front of everybody and walk in the change room because you just won the game. What, what do you want to get sent off after the game? Get a grip. But um, yeah, piss poor, I thought, from both. Uh, see, I'm just watching the clip of them all having a little wrestle. Bizarre. Um, next up, mate, was Redding. Oh, fantastic. Um, two wins. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're very up and down. Um, our form against Michael Morrison scored the winner against uh, Rotherham on, at the weekend, which is fantastic to see. Um, love his celebration. Love that. Love everything about what he does. He, he loves his football. He's, he's break, breaking records with the amount of consistent games he's playing. So, another clean sheet. Another clean sheet again, but uh, against Blackburn. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, all I can do, Sai, is just try and stay in that. Because they've been there all season. They started the season first because of the, the start they had and they're just hanging on there in the, in the playoffs so I do hope that they make it for Michael's sake yeah that'd be good it would be good mate um, Puskas by the way what a sign in he's been for Reading super yeah. Yeah, really fantastic. enjoy watching him play football Swansea City next mate mixed yeah. week yeah not a great start on Saturday against Bristol City 1-0 ahead dominating the game and then uh, and then a quick fire three goals to finish um, went to pieces upset the apple cart yeah so but then, then they go to Stoke City for me a probably harder game um, and then they win it in the last minute so swings and roundabouts they're, they're not having a great time at the minute they're losing, winning, losing, winning but uh, they're still in there with a with an opportunity with a shout and they're not too many points off uh, off second place you know what I mean it's one mm. point um, behind obviously Watford and Brentford ahead of them so you know what I mean that they're doing they're doing things right you know what I mean and, and it's just kind of sustained they've still got two games in hand as well yeah uh, Watford next mate uh, obviously Watford left we lost against Brentford Pedro got himself sent off wasn't a great ending to the game, but they made up for it in the week. Uh, they beat Wickham quite comfortably 2-0. Uh, dominated the game, uh, dominated possession, the amount of chances. Gray got himself two goals. He's a dangerous... He's Premier League centre-forward side, so when you've got people like uh, Andre Gray and Saar and Semmer um, and, and, and Tom Cleverley um, and Will Hughes, you've got a chance. Listen, when you've got those kind of players, the Premier League footballers just playing in the Championship. It's a Premier League too, like we say, mm. but that's, that's why. Indeed, mate. Um... Big fan of Andre Gray, but uh, I think yeah. Tom Cleverley should be the first name on everybody's team of the year. Um, nice. It's been absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I agree. And next up, Brentford. Uh, they're having a bit of a wobble, maybe, but uh, yeah, the beat, the uh, slowly. Yeah, they were. Um, they, they went 1-0 down against Stoke very early in the game, but, but composed themselves in the second half, got the right result in the second half, and... Uh, and winning the biggest game of the season against Norwich City, full of confidence. But um, Norwich came out winners one nil. Um, obviously, we're going to talk about Norwich in a in a minute. Brendia got the winning goal just just before the half hour mark. And um, to be honest, like, the gaps just uh, at this time of the year, it's uh, it's a tough one uh, for for probably for, for for all clubs to to catch up. Brentford play Blackburn and then Derby next couple of games. So the, the, if if they want to try and catch the uh, the leaders. We've got to start with six points out of six coming up. 
Indeed, mate. Indeed, I I like Brentford. I, I really want them to get the, that uh, second automatic place, but they have not looked as assured lately. Uh, all over the place. So hopefully they can steady it. One team that does suddenly look assured again is Norwich. Uh, yeah. They've gone back to that unbeaten, uh, unbeatable kind of feeling. Yeah, six at the start of the season. Yeah, six wins out of six. Uh, they beat uh, Wickham Wanderers at the weekend, uh, and then followed up with another clean sheet against Brentford. So two 0 against Wickham, one 0 against Brentford. They're doing something so right side. They just they just get the job done. You know, I mean, they don't score too many goals, but do you need to score too many goals when you're keeping clean sheets and you, and you've got just, yeah. just just pure quality running throughout your team? You've got uh, Grant, uh, you've got Hanley, Ben Gibson. Uh, crueling goal. Um, you've got midfielders who are, who are just running the show, and you've got Pookie leading the line. It's it, the, the spine of the team is is key, and those guys are always seem to be on the team sheet week in week out. Leslie says, "I'm watching this Cardiff game. Huddersfield are battering them, seventy percent possession, no shots from Cardiff. If this was a boxing match, the towel would have been thrown in." What's the score? Well, What's the score? Exactly. It doesn't matter. That's it, mate. You don't win matter. games. With, you don't win games with possession. Indeed. Oof, they're all in now, look. They're all in. Come on, Eddisfield. Ridiculous. <laughs> Impar- impartial. Impartial, I am. Um, so we had a few questions, mate, uh, from earlier on, which I'm going to go back to in just a second. We're going to go with our two ups and two downs for the week. Uh, the downs are notoriously hard to pick. I have managed to get two after I just picked another one during the show. Um, what's your first down, mate? Uh, my first down is uh, Bristol City's goalkeeper, which is Bentley, uh, for his mistake against Bournemouth. It wasn't even a difficult one. It was just laughable, uh, unfortunately, and um, and it's cost his team uh, dearly. And uh, unfortunately, it's 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 cost them. For me, it cost them three points because they were dominating the game. Yes. Yeah, it was a big one, wasn't it? It was a, a, a poor one. Yeah. Um, so I do struggle, uh, as you know, to pick these downs sometimes. Um, but there was one gentleman who really irked me uh, this week, and that was I mentioned him earlier. Wayne Rooney's post-match interview. Uh, he was talking about Cardiff, and he very much made out as if the reason Cardiff had won is because the Cardiff was so physical, and they'd and they'd kind of like bullied him around a bit. And I didn't like that because um, Cardiff scored three very good goals uh, f- well three of them were very good football goals they scored four very good goals um, and those goals had nothing to do with physicality and everything to do with quality um, and I didn't like that I felt like that was the easy way to kind of make excuses for why they'd lost just rolling out the same cliches Cardiff deserved more credit than that they played better than that they played good football and they scored very good goals I agree. No, I totally, totally agree. That. Totally agree. Um, what's your second down, mate? Uh, my second down, I was going to, uh, well, it's a bit of a mixture. So I'm going to go with Jack Wiltshire, I'm going to go with Bournemouth's players, and I'm going to go with Watford's players because I just thought it was just a, a meaningless something which, incident which just didn't need to happen. It was, it was run about a bunch of role models who should know better. And, um, and if that was the last game of the season and, and the other team had. It just pipped the pipped the team and emotions were high. I'd, I'd probably get it, but yeah. it doesn't need it doesn't need to happen. If even if you had the fans like egging Egg, on, egging it like, on, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's what I thought. It was all a bit pathetic to me. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I had them down as well because I was struggling for a second one and I just thought it was like having just watched the clip in the last ten minutes. I thought it was pathetic, man, to be honest. I, I really it's like get a grip. Like the game was over. It wasn't really anything like controversial. You know. Yeah. Come on, suck it up, be professional. Yeah. You're not um you're not new to the game, like do you know what I mean? The, no, the I totally that you, agree. Especially with the amount of coaching staff and staff that got involved in that and stoked it up. Mm, um, totally agree. So uh, we're going to refer to some questions, mate. Uh, we're going to two ups. We need two, two ups. Two ups. Two oh ups. yeah, see that's me all over in there. Get the negatives in and then forget <laughs> the positives. Um, so I'm going to change it up, mate. Okay, I'm going to go first. Um, just just to throw you. Uh, my first up is Ryan Tunnicliffe of Luton Town. Absolutely phenomenal performances in both games, but most importantly, two vital goals. Obviously, they won 1-0 and 3-2. Those goals, to pick up six points in that week and get those two goals, I think is, you know, they could be so important come the end of the season. I agree. Great shout. Great shout. My first one is uh, Andre Gray. He's two goals against Wickham Wanderers. You know, he's a Premier League goal scorer. Uh, he reminds me a little bit like Dwight Gale at Newcastle United that he's he's got pace, he runs in behind, he causes problems, and he's going to score goals. He's going to score a lot more goals in the uh, in the rest of the season, by the way. Good shout, mate. Craig says second down is Swansea. They dived to uh, to cheat and win the game. No bias there, I don't think. Um, my second up is uh, Ladapo from uh, Rotherham. That was mine. That. Oh boy, that's why I went first. Mm, I know. <laughs> Right, no, yeah, we uh, he was well. You know, what a goal, mate! What a goal! Uh, yeah, last fantastic. minute, and what I like, and you put it perfectly earlier in the show when you said everyone thought he was going to just run into the corner, take the point. Yeah, I did, and he just went whoop, yeah. flew like a rocket, and that's yeah. what I love to see from my footballers, mate. His positivity, go and win the football match. However, we say that we criticised Nottingham Forest earlier for. You know, go trying to score goals when they didn't need to, but that was slightly different because mm. they could have lost whatever it was four 0 or whatever, and still mm. got to the playoffs. And because they kept trying to score goals, how would the how would the manager feel? Start. How would how would the manager feel if if he shot the goalkeeper, saved it, and then he kicked it? And then they yeah, scored. Listen. It, I know, I know, we, we, we're picking now, you know what I mean? But listen, it was a fantastic goal and, and and the celebrations at the end, it was fully deserved from, from what he did, so fantastic. And uh, what's your second up, mate? Um, I've gone, see, I was going to go Cardiff, but I've, I've tried to stay away, I've tried to be impartial, I've tried to work, mix it up Same a little bit, you know, what, you know what I'm like. So, uh, you know, I don't always want to pick negatives and positives from Middlesbrough or Cardiff. So I've gone uh, for Alex Mowat of Barnsley, um, midfielder, scored goals this week. He's had two assists this week. He's had a fantastic week. And I think for a team like Barnsley, they deserve the credit. You know what I mean? You said it last week. And yeah. um, and, and these kind I of players... Last week, I? Yeah, you did. Yeah, These kind of players in the football club needs a recognition because they're having an absolutely fantastic season. So, you know what I mean? Credit so where credit's due. Well, yeah, you know, listen. And, and I refer back to my point earlier on about, about the season they had last season. They escaped in the last kick at Brentford on the last day of last season. You know what I mean? So... Things could have been so different this year. All the players could have left. The club could have been in turmoil, financial turmoil, because of what's going on with COVID. They've stayed in the championship. And look where they are. They must be absolutely pinching themselves. But now they've got themselves with a manager and a, and a bunch of players who they now believe can get in the playoffs. So, let's see. 
Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting to see how they uh, how they go. And of course, like Craig said in the comments, he said Bakuna's performance. I think um, that that was kind of next on my list in terms of uh, you know if I had to pick another one because I thought he was outstanding. Mm. Um, so we're going to go back to some of these questions. They were right. So I'm going to scroll all the way back up to the top. If you have got any questions, you can send them in now um, as we just finish off. Um, where do we go? Where do we go? Where was it? Try to find it. it was Riverside when he sent one in. Um, so how is the Cardiff game going? Have you got it on, mix? I haven't got it on. So uh, yeah, they're getting dominated in uh, in possession. There's only one being one, one shot on target. That's by uh, by Huddersfield, uh, by Bakuna, but not Cardiff's Bakuna, by Huddersfield's Bakuna. Uh, I see. But brothers, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. The amount, the, 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 isn't, isn't, later, isn't one Brazilian? Brothers. One Brazilian. Is it? Yeah, I don't know. Man. I thought I thought the 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 Bakuna for Huddersfield might be Brazilian. I might be wrong. Mm. There you go. Very possible, mate. You, I trust you over me, mate. Um, so, <laughs> Rob, Rob Boyle's question is a cocker. I think it's, it's it's related to me. Go on. Then. Can you bring it up because I'm right at the um, top of the comments. Do the do card do Cardiff have uh, shares in a headband in in a, in a hairband company? Yeah, they've had it, Rob, since uh, I played. So it's uh, it's yeah. it's just uh, it's just to help keep the hair out the eyes. Oh, I could put Sponsor, it sponsorship sponsorship thing, isn't it? Yeah. They must have sponsorship. Yeah. Um, so Riverside, right at the start of the show, um, he asked a couple of good questions, but he said one which I really liked was, uh, "Should we get ex players on the VAR with the refs?" Um, because he said he still thinks VAR should go, but having X players be the video assistants, what do you think about that as a concept? Um, I think they should get X players to help um, with the with the rules and help with with, with the kind of concept. I'm not sure an X player sitting in a room um, would quicken things up because players look at things different differently. Um, you know what I mean? For me, as long would as you get rules, more decisions right though with X players. If if the, if the I think you'd get it more consistent if um, if the if the players were involved with the process, you know what I mean. So handball, for example, mm. you know what I mean. If it was um, daylight for offside, you know what I mean. If if the players want these kind of things back in place, then I think it'll work better. But for them to be in charge of VAR, I'm not really sure that would it would it would get get it right, get better. it wrong, get it better, get it quicker. I just... Well, interestingly, uh, was it Mark Halsey? I think when we had on the show. I think it was him, it might have been Jeff Winter. One of them said that um, obviously the referees from quite a young age put their own allegiances. They're almost trained that you know they don't tell anyone who they support and yeah. they're almost trained into it. Players don't. Like, you know, look at you, for instance, you are very much Borough, Cardiff supporting. And it's mm. difficult. It is difficult yeah. to be yeah. impartial. We do a championship show and I try so hard not to just be like pro Cardiff all the time, but it's difficult because that's what I've grown up on. And I try to give Swansea credit when you know when but they so deserve you, it. That's I mean, difficult I, I, for me. I've had a lot of lot of people on social media being uh, give me a little bit of stick that I'm a little bit negative on Middlesbrough. And I'm not negative, and I'm mm. not over negative. And I don't mean to be because because I see a lot of them. I'm just I, I'm I'm a realist. You know what I mean? And I don't I don't, I don't do it because. Um, That'll be an interesting game then. I don't. I don't do it. 
I, I, and that's the thing. I don't do it because I'm jealous. I don't do it for any other reason. I just want them to, to do really well. And I just, uh, but yeah, you know what I mean? I, we had Jeff Winter on the show, and, and Jeff used to do all my friendly games at Middlesbrough behind closed doors because he used to help us with the new uh, rules which come, come into place, and he'd stop it and he'd explain it whilst the game was on. And it was, a, I thought it was really helpful, you know what I mean? Whereas I don't believe that happens anymore now, you know what I mean? Because, like you say, that the, the affiliation with referees and clubs, people don't want to link themselves with the club. But back in the day, Jeff used to do it all the time. He'd come in, explain the new rules. He'd do the do the behind behind door, behind closed doors friendly games between the players. Stop it and say that's offside, and he'd be going, "It's never offside, but it's offside because the new rule states daylight yeah. or whatever." You know what I mean? So, and and it's just it's important that, that that's explained to players. Spot on, mate. Uh, a couple of questions. We had uh, Rob Boyle said, "Who's the best striker? David Jones's favourite son or Kiefer Moore's Ballon d'Or?" Oh. I think there's no comparison, you know what I mean, for, for, for me. David um, Jones' favourite son. No, for me, Kiefer. Kiefer's just... For Kiefer's at another level because um, for a big, tall guy to, to do... to when, when I look at him, his attributes, I, I'm thinking, target man, that's all he's got. Put the balls in the box. He's, he's more than that, you know what I mean? His, his work rate, his, his athleticism, his, his desire, his, his work rate's phenomenal. His touch for a big man. The goals, the goals that he scored. He doesn't just score headers, by the way. He puts himself running in behind, and he's got composure. Um, and uh, and I, I hope I'm not building him up here to get a move or to, or to fall flat on his face. But he's listen. You know what I mean? But Cardiff paid big money for him. So if Cardiff yeah. ever do, if Cardiff ever do sell him, I expect oh, huge, huge I, money. I saw a tweet money. the other week, which was like Kiefer Moore's gone from a three million being questioned. Joe Bergen, is he worth three million? Joe to Bergen's now just being been, at least fifteen million. Joe Bergen's just been subbed off, injured. Yeah, that's ridiculous, isn't it? It's ridiculous, isn't it? Mm. It's, do you know it's what? The way and that happens. Yeah, it, 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 do you know what? I feel so sorry so there because yeah, that's that's awful. Because that's his it, big chance, isn't it, to get a run of games? Well, you know what I mean? Because let's 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 be honest. I, I don't know how serious it, how serious it is, but that was an opportunity there to to get seven, eight, nine, ten, is, twelve games. Yeah, that's really. I feel for him big time there. Um, Riverside also asked earlier, um, why do you think Jones struggled at Stoke, but? is doing so well at Luton again. Um, some players and managers have that comfort zone and have that have that have that that love and the and the fans love him. He's loved at, at Luton Town. You know what I mean? The, the first time he was there, he was he was he achieved loads with getting promoted twice. Um, so for me, the pressure on Stoke City was was probably all was probably over overhyped. You know what I mean? They were expecting to get back in the Premier League side straight away. You know what I mean? They had the likes of. Um, um, uh, I can't think of his name. No goalkeeper. Um, I can't remember what he's called. I've lost lost all train of thought. Which one, Phillips? No, the ex England goalkeeper, uh, Stoke City. Uh, uh, Butland. Jack Butland. So they had Jack Butland. They had all these kind of uh, excellent national players. Obviously, um, Joe Allen, etc. So I mean, the people were just expecting them to go and win, win, win the league. It wasn't going to happen yeah. like that. You know what I mean? It was. It was, it was the, the expectations were just far too high. Um, so for me, he's gone back to a club which he's loved at, and um, and he's doing a great job. But if yes, he does ever leave uh, again, he needs to be very careful. Very yeah, very just pick the right team, I suppose, isn't it? It's um, yeah, sometimes. Clubs just don't work for certain managers, players. It's just the way it is. It doesn't make them yeah. bad players or managers. No, no, looks no, like Joe Bagan's got a shoulder injury. Yeah. Uh, a couple of people say it doesn't look too bad. It looks like he jarred it and slide and tackle. Fingers crossed for Joe Bagan because that was a you know it's a big chance for him. 
Uh, big chance for Kieran Brown, though, coming on. Um, yeah. He is naturally a centre-back, but young player like that, he should be good for a, a run at wing-back. It's an opportunity. He's, he's, he's going to get himself, what, 50 minutes or so? You know what I mean? So it's, uh, he's going to get a good, solid second half. He'll, he'll get his legs going in the next five or six minutes before half-time. So, yeah, good luck to him. Indeed, mate. Um, so that's us. Uh, so, we've got a few scheduling notes. Monday night, we have uh, none other than Southampton legend Klaus Ludendick van, nearly butchered his name, um, joining us on Monday, which is going to be absolutely phenomenal because uh, he's a very, very interesting guy. Um, and from what I've seen, he doesn't do a lot of, um, a lot of media and stuff, so nope. it'll be really uh, interesting to chat to him and, and get, a, get, a, get a bit of a... Some questions going for him and stuff. Yeah. Um, Sunday, episode one of my story, series two, with the author and Forest fan Gary Boatsy Clark will be out, which I'm really looking forward to people seeing because it's a fascinating show. Um, just telling his story, talking about some of his books, and basically how he's turned his uh, turned his life around. Uh, of course, in about 20 minutes, we'll be doing Super Kevin scripted live, uh, which is Kevin McNaughton, and uh, we'll be talking all sorts of random subjects set by you, the people. And I've uh, got some massive guests coming up on the fight show over the next couple of weeks in the build-up to the Cage Warriors event. Some uh, exclusive guests as well. So uh, check them out. But uh, Andy, as ever, mate, it's been a massive pleasure. Big thank you to uh, Black Diamond Sports, of course, and Bespoke Financial for sponsoring the show. And most of all, mate, David Jones' favourite. Thank you. Yeah, I loved it, mate. Really loved it. Really, really excited for um, for Monday. Uh, Klaus is um, he seems like a really fun guy. Um, he's he's obviously a Saints legend, uh, international footballer, ex footballer. Um, he's uh, yeah, he's, he's he's played at the top level, country and club. So yeah, really looking forward to digging deep and seeing what makes him tick as well. Indeed. So here you go, mate. Right, just in the spirit of Super Kevin scripted, I'm going to finish off. I'm going to do an Andy Campbell, would you rather? Nice and easy, nothing too rude, because this isn't that sort of show. You have to wait about 20 minutes for that. Andy Campbell, would you rather be a unicorn or a Pegasus? Um, I'd have to say unicorn because uh, my daughter would love me even more. So you know what I mean. It would just be, it'd just be amazing. Uh, she wouldn't leave me like alone. The greatest dad oh, ever. I'd be, I'd be, I would be, I would be, I'd be the elite. I'd be the, the elite hero of all yeah. heroes. Yeah. Right, guys. We'll see you. See you soon. See you Monday. See you in a bit. Cheers, guys. Take care. My mummy and daddy have been talking about life insurance. It sounds like something to protect my brother and me, but I don't really understand. Then my Auntie Louise told Mummy about Bespoke Financial Teesside. She said they're a local company who helped her with her life insurance. Mummy got in touch and because they're based locally, a man called Darren was able to come to our house. He was really friendly. Darren stayed for a cup of tea and made it all really easy to understand. He said that life insurance will protect our home and family if anything bad were to happen. Like if Mummy or Daddy got sick, then we'd get enough money to take care of us and our house would be paid for so we wouldn't get taken away. After an hour, Darren said goodbye and Mummy and Daddy seemed a lot happier. Once it was all sorted, we could all relax and watch a film together as a family. I don't know why they didn't do it sooner. I belong, I belong to you. I belong, I belong to you. Don't
Social Podcast Network.